0: One of my mindsets and one of my biggest challenges is like, I've had so many people older than me in real estate have told me, you know, Hayden, you know, nothing, you haven't been through a recession. So with that in the back of my mind, I'm bound and determined to prove those people wrong that (laughs) when the next recession does come, I'm like, I'm still here, baby. I'm still standing on top of the mountain, you know, so it's super important to me to invest in the fundamentals and not the hype.
1: What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show. Thank you for tuning in. Today, our guest is Hayden Crabtree. Today, we're talking about a few things. We're talking about, we're talking with a guy who reached financial independence at a very young age through hard work, grit, hustle, determination, and providing value to others, really. We talk about that story. If you're somebody that's young out there, you you feel young, Either you have this question about, am I too young to get into real estate? Odds are you're probably a little older than Hayden was when he got started. So if you're having those feelings, listen to this interview and learn how to deal with those those thoughts of, am I too young to invest in real estate? The answer is, no, you're probably not too young to invest in real estate. So we're addressing that today. Hayden is a successful investor in a number of asset classes today, we really get into the self-storage aspect of his and his partner's investments, what they're looking for, what they see in the market today, where they see opportunity, their investing strategy and discipline and what they kind of expect moving forward for the market. So you're going to learn a lot of stuff today about, am I too young to invest in real estate and how to deal with that? You're probably not too young, by the way. And you're also going to learn about... The state of the self-storage investing market, and what a good deal in self-storage really means right now. For those of you who are new to the show, I'm your host Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor, real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and split the return. Love learning new things. Love talking self-storage, and I love breaking down some of these mental models, like this this idea, this pernicious thing out there. People think I'm too young, or too old, or too blah to get into real estate. It's probably not true. It's only true if you think it's true. And uh, Aiden is a a great example of a guy who didn't let that stop him and neither should you. So without any further ado, here we go with Aiden Crabtree. Aiden, thank you for joining us today.
0: Taylor, pleasure to be here, man. Nice to meet you. And let's bring some wicked good value to your audience here, man. Their time's valuable. And I thank them for, for joining us and
1: you know listening to me. So let's do it. Awesome. I love it. You have such a cool story, very inspiring and, and exciting. And for our listeners out there who don't know who you are and your background, can you uh, introduce us and tell us <laughs> about what you've done so far?
0: Well, you know, I, I like to think that I'm still a young guy uh, at, at the beginning of my journey, but I'll tell you a little bit about how I got to, to where I, I am. Back in college, I, you know, I kind of thought it was ironic that the people teaching me how to be a business owner had never owned businesses, and uh, I, I started the process of self-education. And one of those first books was Rich Dad Poor Dad. After that book, you know, I think like so many people, you know, I just had this moment of like, man, I have to learn how to be a real estate investor, you know, and. After I think probably a couple of days of just like obsessing over it, you know, I went to the University of Georgia in Athens, Georgia. Um, I just got on Google and I just typed in, you know, I was probably in class or something, but I typed in real estate investing, Athens, Georgia. And then this forum came up, as everybody knows, Bigger Pockets, right? And it was just this this thread going back and forth. And, you know, I, I was reading this this back and forth and this one guy has talked about how, you know, he had, he had this uh, cul-de-sac of duplexes that he wholesaled and made a couple hundred grand. And then he went on to buy them back, fix them up, uh, and then refinanced them to have them with no money down. And he still made money every single month. He got these tax benefits. And I was just like, what language is this dude speaking? <laughs> Why have I not learned this in business class? You know, and like, well, what is this secret, you know, uh, society that they're not telling us about? So, you know, I stalked the guy down. His phone number wasn't right there. But, you know, I, I did my best to stock him down. Find his business, find his phone number, give him a call. You know, I just at this point, like I had no idea what I was doing. I'd read Rich Dad Poor Dad, and and, like that was it. So I picked up the phone, gave this guy a call, and I said, Hey, you know, I saw this that you're a real estate investor online, talking about some of the deals that you've done. I would love just to to take you out to lunch or buy you a cup of coffee to, to get your time. And he, you know, he just very straightforward. I don't drink coffee. I'm on my way to an investment property. You can meet me if I if you want. I was like, send me the address, you know. And I I ran to my car and I got there and I drove as fast as I could to this address. And you know, I get there, and you know, it's just, it's just a normal property, right? Like people drive by them every day, but they don't realize how powerful of wealth builders they are. And I have absolutely Taylor, like no idea what to tell this guy. You know, I'm just like, uh-huh, you know, listening, listening, and he's, you know, just kind of looking at me and I have no idea what to say. And I just kind of look at him like, hey man, I'll work for you for free. And he just like looks at me and he's like, Okay, like you know, show up at my house tomorrow and we'll get to it. So, like, send me the address. I'll see you tomorrow. You know, so that's really how my journey began. Is you know, I sought out a mentor and offered to work for free just to learn the ropes. And I would skip class, college class, business class, to go learn how to actually make money in the real world. You know, and and that's really like like the roots of my story. And the interesting thing is, and what I feel really fortunate about is, like at that time, my mentor had been in real estate for about a decade. He had an engineering background, so he had a unique approach. And he, like many others, came up through the ranks of, I'm going to wholesale to get some capital. Once I start wholesaling enough capital, I'm going to start flipping some houses. After I flip some houses, I'm going to use that money to buy some rentals. After I have some equity and some rentals, I'm going to 1031 into apartment complexes. Right, That's what everybody's, everybody's thing is. And I was at the point, luckily enough, where he had built enough capital to where he had now acquired several apartments, but he was still doing everything. So on day one of my real estate career, I learned about wholesaling, flipping, single family rentals, and multifamily rentals. And it was just like the world's best education because I offered to literally do whatever in the world was needed. Like I had to figure out how could I become an asset for this guy's business. And that just started with like humbling myself and literally doing anything absolutely possible. And some of my first days, one of the only skills I possessed is I could paint the outside of a house, right? Because that was one of my earlier businesses, an exterior house painting business. So I just told him, hey man, I'll paint the house free for free. Just provide the materials and don't worry, I'll do it. Like I had to skip a college rooftop pool party to go paint this guy's house for free. (laughs) Mind you in Georgia in August, right? I mean, it's like 102 outside, you know, I'm checking Instagram. My friends are all like, you know, having a great time. And I'm like, dude, this sucks. I'm out here, you know, the paint sprayer just broke, whatever. And I'm just like, what am I doing with my life? But it was really that, you know, persistence and fortitude that after about a year of just what am I doing with my life, but also trying to add so much value to his business that one day he just said, man, you're so valuable here. You're getting so much done because I, I was like my, my skills were leveling up every single week as I took on new challenges of the business. He just looks at me one day and goes, man, I got to make you a partner in this business. So I went from working for free to working for equity, you know, in, in big deals. And that's how I went from working for free to financial freedom before I graduated college. And it's really just been, you know, a great road during that process. We've, you know, we bought self-storage units and I've, I've seen the full gamut. Uh, you know, and there's a lot to unpack there so we can go wherever you want with that.
1: Awesome. Well, that's, that's fantastic. And, uh, you know, owning more real estate and being better at business than your, you know, business and real estate professors is, uh, is really something. And I think is an illustration of, you know, what, what is really available, uh, in academia versus is available, uh, in the real world. I really wanted to focus into, the self-storage and, you know, similar aspects of the business and what you guys are focusing on today and, mm-hmm. you know, the why and, you know, where, where you think the, uh, the market stands with that, uh, particular asset class right now. Sure.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. So kind of just to rewind it and, and preface this conversation a little bit is, you know, during that process, we were doing, uh, you know, a lot of work to continue to try and build equity in the single family space in order to buy larger assets. Um, so that meant you know digging up a lot of off-market deals, talking to a lot of people, and in that process of trying to find single-family homes, you know a guy calls us. He says, "Hey, you know you guys sent me a letter about my house. I don't want to sell you my house, but me and my dad about 10 years ago built this self-storage complex, and neither of us have really done anything with it. And you know, we'd be interested in selling you guys that." And at that, that time, I knew nothing about self-storage, like absolutely zero about self-storage. But we went out, you know, we took the appointment, looked at the property. You know did a pro forma on it, knowing nothing about how pro forma should be ran on self storage, but we just said, hey, you know being reasonable here, this is this is a good deal. So we'll buy it and we'll see what happens. And you know during that due diligence process, we we did everything we could to learn about the self storage industry, we closed on the deal about two months after owning it, the amount of time and energy and effort that we had to put into that property compared to one of the the multifamilies, you know it just goes, okay the end game is no longer multifamily. The end game is self-storage, right? Because of just the, the fundamentals of owning and operating a self-storage facility. And at that time, which is you know probably four years ago now, we just completely shifted gears um, and, and took all of our energy and efforts and ditched everything. We ditched wholesaling, flipping, single families, multifamily. We ditched literally everything. And so we're going all in on self-storage. And so during that time period, after we really got ramped up, um, we were buying about a deal a month f- for 12 months, built a portfolio in five states. I'm here in Georgia. We built a portfolio all throughout the Southeast and five Southeast states, a- about a half a million square feet of self-storage. And we looked up at ourselves and we go, holy cow, You know what kind of monster have we created for ourselves? <laughs> right?" Because we were like, hey, we know how to buy these things. When we tried to do the professional management route, we ended up, you know, saying nobody's going to love your baby like you love your baby. So we we ended up bringing back in and creating our own internal management systems, you know, where we're not taking the, the leasing calls, but people who work directly for us all are. And really spend about the next year, you know, saying, how do I become excellent not at buying self-storage, but of owning and operating self-storage, right? So we got to that place. Uh, where we, you know, one of the first adopters of the unmanned self-storage facility model, where you don't have a manager sit there in your desk. We started that luckily before COVID hit. And it was really fortunate because when COVID hit, everybody went to the unmanned model, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody else was scrambling to say, I need to figure out how to have contactless movement. I need to figure out how how to stay in contact with my customers without, you know, them coming into the office. I need to train my customers to pay only by electronic payment. And we were like, when COVID hit, we're like, "What's COVID?" You know, like <laughs> our like our businesses are set up, so that was really really fortunate. Um, and then you know we decided, you know, we kind of looked at our portfolio and analyzed it, and we said, if we you know could do it over again, would we bought this deal. Yes, would we bought this deal. Probably not. Would we bought this deal? Maybe, but we would have you know put in more upfront capital, or we would have done this improvement or this, or you know whatever it may be, change the business plan. And so we all just kind of looked at ourselves and we said, hey what would it be like? What would life be like if we could wipe the slate clean and start over with everything that we know and with what we've learned? Because we just got a real world education, you know, in running this. So needless to say, you know, in 2020, we we sold a majority of our portfolio, not our entire portfolio, but all the ones, you know, that, that we said, hey, you know, I probably wouldn't have bought this one again. Um and it's it's been really good. Now we're back in acquisition mode. You know, our average investor annual return on the last portfolio was 86% IRR, which like we're thrilled to to be able to do that. Um so it was a huge blessing for me to be able to jump in. You know, whenever I jumped in, I had no money. I think I had like $1,700, $2,000 in my bank account. The only way I made money was working at the bars, you know, as a bartender at night in college. During the day, I'd work for free. Uh, You know, I'd stay up until two, three, four o'clock in the morning working at the bars just to try and earn some money. And then, you know, looking back, reaching financial freedom through cash flow, through working for equity and properties to going through, you know, a a pretty financially successful uh, portfolio sale. And then at 24 years old, sit here and say, I got, you know, I'm in a really good spot, right? Financially, I, you know, I've proven the model that works. And I have just like decades of real estate experience under my belt in, you know, in in half a decade, right? So super powerful spot uh, to be in. And, And I'm really excited just to go out and Build another portfolio, and you know, see where that takes us. So it was an interesting, an interesting balance for me because I've always wanted to be in real estate for the cash flow, you know. And so to make an exit after going through, you know, a couple of years of really hard work of building a portfolio was something I really had to juggle. Really had to, you know, think about, hey, is this really the long game for me? Um, so you know, it's interesting. You think a lot about, you know, your long term future, what's your, what's going to please your investors, everything like that. In that you know, time
1: frame. That's awesome. There's so many questions. Yeah. You said, you, you know, the bigger pockets for and everything. And even today, you know, this is years later, but even today there's always questions about, am I too young to get into real estate X, Y, Z, sure. and it'll be somebody that's, you know, older than you are, <laughs> for example. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, in that, in the time span that, you know, when you guys first got into self-storage, mm-hmm. not on accident, but kind of just jumped in with both feet. Sure. And then now, You know, a few years later, the market has really changed considerably. Not just for self storage, but really any asset class. You know, money's cheaper than it ever was, right? And you guys obviously decided that liquidating at least some of that portfolio was the right move. Like you said, fighting with getting rid of the cash flow and cashing Mm -hmm. out. You know what to do. What are you seeing as far as the change in that market, and you know the direction that you're going to move going forward? Like Mm -hmm. which way you you know pointing the uh pointing the sales
0: such a good point man like from our acquisition from our pretty much our last acquisition cycle where all we were focused on was like hey let's buy more 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 before we got to the point of like hey let's slow down and learn how to manage these things like self-storage it had been around but it still hadn't gained a lot of popularity And there was so much less competition, you know, (laughs) the, the banks and everything were, you know, when you're getting loans or like, you know, it's considered an alternative asset is what every lender would tell you. And then today, you know, like after selling our portfolio, we're going through a 1031 exchange, which obviously means a ton of, you know, acquisitions trying to find new deals. It's just tough, man. Like there, there is just seemingly, 10 times the interest in the space than there was, you know, a couple of years ago, um, which yes, interest rates are down, but yields are down way more, you know, than, than interest rates are. So it's not a one-to-one, just the amount of money that's poured into the space um, ha- has really driven the competition up. And it's harder to find those good deals. Those good deals are out there, you know, but I see a lot of people, you um, paying what I would consider to be too high of a price, thinking that prices can only go up. And I think that that is, I think that's you know a, a, a fool's game to think that the market can only go up. And you know, if you'd asked me in March of 2020 or maybe even March of 2019 if prices were too high, I would have said yes. If you asked me today on you know January of 2021 if prices are too high, I'll say yes, but that does not mean that they may not be higher next year or the year after you know and i think one thing you really have to get over is is the fear of missing out on the deal and that extra you know how much higher can it go because it always comes down you know what i mean and i think I think a lot of people get into the space and maybe it's a testament to self storage and why so many people are getting in because you know the downs are a lot a lot higher, you know, the, the, the troughs are a lot higher than other asset classes like retail or whatever it may be just because of the stability of the asset class. And a lot of people have, you know, accepted that, opened up to the fact of, you know, hey, self-storage is a very, very stable asset. But I still think that, you know, paying four, four and a half, five caps on the assets is, is a hard, hard long-term game, you know.
1: Are you seeing that, um, you know, you're normally you know, I tend to associate lower cap rates with larger, you know, properties, particularly in the sure. multifamily space, right? I mean, you're, if you're talking four cap, okay, that's probably a larger apartment complex in, you know, primary, pretty big type of market. Yep. Like people aren't paying that and for small properties in secondary, at least I hope, I don't know. But in, in self-storage, the small, you know, maybe 20,000 square feet, something like mm-hmm. that. In my mind, I, I would figure that's going to trade at higher than four or five cap or are they trading at four or five? I mean, you know more about this than I do.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You know, I think it's one of the biggest pitfalls of new investors. Everybody wants to go download, you know, the offering memorandum (laughs) or, you know, in the industry called the OM and everybody wants to say, look, you know, the pro forma cap rates are nine well, what's the real cap rate, right? What is it actually trading at? And I see those, I see, you know, four or fives on those all the time. And people go, yeah, but you know, you raise the rent, you cut the expenses, you're at a nine cap all day. And I'm like, I, can I buy it from you next year after that <laughs> happens? You know, so, um, you know, I agree with you, man. Like they should be even the 20,000 square foot and secondary tertiary markets. And, I, and in my mind, there needs to be something below the tertiary markets. It's just, you know, the middle of nowhere. Don't invest there. Um, but they're low caps, man. I mean, super, super, super low caps. And everybody, everybody wants, wants to seem to trade on what it will be instead of what it is, but nobody's projecting that what it will be, will be much lower than what it is today, which can always happen. But you know, people, people in a bull market always think that things only go up. And I don't think that's true. You know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think that's very important to, to keep in mind. I mean, when I was your age, you know, we were just coming out of the the great Mm -hmm. recession and, and real estate prices were really just starting to uh, recover and people seem to have forgotten that uh you know sometimes sometimes they can dip i mean the the great recession was fairly not unprecedented, but it was fairly uncommon, but that doesn't mean it can't happen again in yeah you know, a decade or two, yeah
0: afterwards. you know. One of my mindsets and one of my biggest challenges is like, I've had so many people older than me in real estate have told me, you know, Hayden, you know, nothing, you haven't been through a recession. So with that in the back of my mind, I'm bound and determined to prove those people wrong (laughs) that when the next recession does come, I'm like, I'm still here, baby. I'm still standing on top of the mountain, you know? So it's super important to me to invest in the fundamentals and not the hype you know, and I think there's a lot of hype investors right now and the hype investors may make money for the next three years, you know, and, and I'll be happy for them. I I just don't want to be, I don't want to be the guy where all the the old geezers told me, I told you so, you know, like, that's not what I want. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think in that kind of in that vein, there are things in the self-storage space that have changed the way that business fundamentally works. That doesn't mean we can't be in a hot market, but the Mm -hmm. onsite manager or like, some of these places don't have websites or you know collecting on credit cards i mean you always hear about the self storage owner that just takes envelopes of cash you know mm-hmm. at his house or whenever he drops by but maybe that doesn't make up for the um, potential hype in the in the market i don't know
0: I, th- I think the numbers and you've probably heard the numbers too is like there's 60,000 self storage facilities in the us and like 20,000 of them are owned by you know um companies and the other 40,000 are one off mom and pops. Um and so whenever whenever I say that there's, you know, there's a lot of interest in the market, there's also still an outstanding amount of opportunity, you know, that that really anybody can capitalize on. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you have access to the internet. If you have access to the internet, you can learn how to set up a, you know, a Google Ads account, you can learn how to set up a phone number and build a website for pretty cheap. And those are like the fundamentals of running a good self storage business is like how are you communicating with people? How are you telling people your store's available and getting them information? And other than that, it's just like being good at customer service. And those are really the fundamentals of self-storage in addition to the market fundamentals of you know making sure it's not oversaturated and you're not paying too much for the property. So um, anybody listening to this, I mean, there is still a huge opportunity in self-storage. But everybody who's looking at, you know, the on-market deals, the few, mar- the few deals that are on market that, you know, people are cashing out of at the top of the curve, right? Why do you think there are so many on-market deals? Because people, you know, the smart people know to cash out at the top, right? And maybe we're not at the top. Maybe they're selling somebody else that the top is in the future. Um, but again, it just comes, it comes back around to make sure the assets cash flow positive today, right? Make sure you're buying at or below what it's worth, preferably below and far below what it's worth, right? And make sure it's in a good stable market that, you know, people are moving to where there are jobs being created. You know, if you have the fundamentals in place, then go for it. Don't let, you know, Hayden Crabtree telling you that we're at the top of the market prevent you because I'm still buying deals, but I'm making sure that those fundamentals are in place so that no matter what happens, you know, I feel secure in that.
1: Absolutely. I think there are a lot of people who take that, the market's really hot, quote unquote, uh, statement as a justification to sit on the sidelines or to not even you know, be in the stadium, particularly you know, people who have not started as real estate investors. Yeah. And I've been hearing that the entire time I've been a real estate investor, which is yeah. a while now. And I'm sure you have too, that, oh, we're at the top and you know, I'm not. I'm not even looking at deals right now. It's all too expensive. Well, mm-hmm. deals are still happening with good fundamentals, but you don't know about them unless you're in the conversation. You're, you know, in the game and finding out about them. It's, it's tough. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, listen. You know, I get told no on a lot of offers. There are a lot of people who beat me on offers, and you know, I'm okay with getting beat on offers um, because at least I'm trying, and at least I know how to. Uh, How to back my offers up? Seemingly, a lot of people probably think that I lowball, but I'm not lowball, and I'm just like, hey, you know, this is what makes sense for this deal, given you know where it's at. I'm not paying, you know, I'm not paying next year's price today.
1: So, love it. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. All right, Hayden, I've got three questions. I ask every guest on the show: Are you ready?
0: I don't know, man. Let's do it.
1: I'm sure you can do it. You seem like a guy. You're you're a guy who takes the you know takes the bull by the horns. Number One, first one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education?
0: The best investment I ever made was in my network, okay? So the people that you surround yourself with, probably more than your education is super, super, super important. So the education the 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 investment of getting and putting yourself out there to try and surround yourself with people who are at not even at, but above where you are and building relationships with those people, that is by and large, the strongest investment that you'll ever make is in your network. Nice. I love it. That's working out for you, right? It's, hey man, you know, like, absolutely. You know, I got a lot of people who are still way above me and I'm climbing to get to them, you know, but they're, they're happy to have me in the conversation. So that's super important to, to, to see and associate where you can be.
1: Awesome. We had the best investment. Now we go to the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made?
0: The worst investment I ever made was a self-storage facility in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. That uh, is where I learned really the lessons of the market fundamentals, which, which what I, what I was talking about a little bit earlier. Um, seemingly, it was a beautiful, relatively newer property that had you know loads and loads of potential. Um, And, you know, financially, I was like, dude, this thing is going to be a home run. And I just did not put in the work to make sure the market fundamentals were there. Um, And that's the only property we really ever sold uh, at a loss. So the worst investment I ever made was slacking on due diligence in the market. And at that time, I really didn't even know how to perform market due diligence as one of these early properties, you know. Um, So that'd probably be the worst, you know. The worst Mm -hmm. investment is uh
1: is is bad markets for sure so one of the big sayings in the in the self-storage space is that the average market demand is something like what is it eight square foot per capita you know across the country but some markets are higher than that and some are lower was that the problem was it something else i mean did the market fall apart like what do you mean by market due diligence
0: Yeah, absolutely. So they do say in self-storage, you know, depends on who you talk to. It's eight or nine square foot per capita is the average. Of course, it can fluctuate from there. Um, But this was actually below that number, which is the only due diligence I had learned to do at that point. And um, the problem, looking back on it, was that I looked at the average household income instead of the median household income. So it's super important to look at the median household income because that's going to show you a truer picture of of who your your clientele is the average can be skewed greatly right you you get a couple people in there with high incomes on the edge of your, you know, your parameters and your average gets skewed. So at that time, I was looking at the average and not the median, going back and looking on it, the average was acceptable. The median was super not acceptable, right? So we had a super hard time filling that facility, you know, a lot of collections problems, people not paying their bills, things of that nature. Um, So when I say market, you know, it's a combination of supply and demand, the incomes of your population, population growth, there's also negative population growth there, many people were moving out, not moving in, you know, and that's bad too. So, Um, but Hey, lessons learned, you know?
1: Yeah. Interesting. I always have to uh, median and average. I always have to go back and think through and, you know, get them straight. And you don't, you're
0: an engineer. Come on, man. You got this,
1: you know, I have to work through the problem. That's all (laughs) my favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing?
0: The most important lesson I've ever learned in business and investing is that The key to all business, the key to having, you know, financial success is the ability to capture uh, and maintain people's attention. Because we live in such an attention deficient, I don't even know how to say it, but people's (laughs) attention today is just like at an all time low. And if you have the ability to capture someone's attention and entertain them, whether it be, hey, look at my self-storage facility and come move in and get your first month free. If I can do that effectively, then I'm going to fill my facility up. But if I can't get a tenant's, uh, you know, if I can't get their attention, but my competitor can get their attention, who are they going to rent from? right? So it's all about having the ability to get someone's attention. Um, and then from there, I build a relationship with them. So, you know, I've done that, figured out how to do that in self-storage, fill facilities up. And then just like on the general business side is, you know, a great way that I've done it is my book, Skip the Flip, Secrets to 1% Know About Real Estate Investing. Seemingly, it's, since the day I launched it in uh, 2020, from even to today, it's maintained a bestseller. So seemingly that's, you know, really got people's attention for some reason or another. It sells a lot of copies every day but I give it away for free. And it's all about, you know, having people learn and understand the fundamentals of real estate investing before they become one themselves or passively invest in somebody's deal. Uh, So that's been another key for me. And I've really seen, you know, my own personal business take off with getting people's attention through that book.
1: Nice. Awesome. Well, Hayden, thank you for joining us today and teaching us all of these lessons. You have such a, an inspiring story. And, uh, you know, the question comes up about is, you know, am I too young when somebody's you know, 35 thinking about getting into real estate, you know, going to point them uh, to this interview, send them the link. Absolutely. If folks want to get in touch with you, you mentioned you, uh, you know, give the book away for free. If they maybe want to get in on that, where can they find you? Where can they do that?
0: Absolutely, so I'd love for everyone to get the book for free in PDF or audio book copy. So you get it for free, go to HaydenCrabTree.com forward slash free book. So it's my name HaydenCrabTree.com forward slash free book. And uh, you can download it there for absolutely free. I'm on Instagram at HaydenCrabTree. If you send me a DM, I will 100% respond to you. And other places I hang out on YouTube, have a, a YouTube channel that's growing. Uh, but other than that, man, just you know, reach out to me. My email, if anybody wants to talk about self-storage, buying self-storage, investing in self-storage, whatever it may be, uh, you can you can email me. My personal email is Hayden at haydencrabtree.com. So pretty
1: easy. Awesome. Well, thanks once again for joining us today. A lot of great lessons in here, and I'm sure the audience enjoyed it. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts very much appreciated and it helps other people learn about the show if you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe we are now live streaming on youtube as well so if you'd like to join the conversation live look up the passive wealth strategy show on youtube hit the subscribe button all that good stuff and join the conversation as we have it thank you for tuning in once again i hope you have a great rest of your day and a great week and we will talk to you on the next one bye -bye.